You're listening to Tap into the Truth. My name's Joe Biden. All of this as more than half of Americans think President Biden will go down as one of the worst presidents in American history. I keep forgetting I'm president. broadcast of Tap into the Truth. I do hope that you are having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, uh, certainly with all the caveats in place as usual. I myself am not having a particularly good day because, you know, you get accustomed to certain things from this administration and then they still find a way to top themselves, don't they? I am indeed your ever so humble and mostly peaceful, but not feeling very peaceful today, host Tim Tapp, and I am coming to you from Roan County, Tennessee, and so very happy to have you along for the ride. If you're listening to the podcast, then uh, be sure to uh, to subscribe or follow or whatever based on the platform you're on. Be sure to uh, uh, share uh, the podcast with your friends that you think might like it or maybe even just might be annoyed by it. Just, just share it and get it out there. Uh, help me to reach a larger audience. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, be sure to check 
today's show descriptions where you will find uh, multiple links. Uh, I will need you to copy and paste uh, into your web browser the entirety of the links that you will see uh, listed. You will see links from My Patriot Supply. You will see links from uh, from uh, Blue Coolers. You're going to see links from uh, A.J. Rice's new book, uh, the uh, Woking Dead that is coming up in uh, July. Uh, we'll be giving away uh, some of uh, AJ's books in July as well. So, you know, go to the pre-order page, check that out. And you'll also have some links to the Amazon site for today's guest, Larry Clayman Esquire, uh, his newest book. And uh, if there's room, if if the description will let me put everything in there that I'm planning, I'll go ahead and put a link to uh, Larry's last book, uh, which was the last time he was on with us. It's uh, It's been a while. And here's the other thing. I, I had a conversation with Larry yesterday. Now, if you're listening to uh, the broadcast by a terrestrial radio, uh, then you're going to hear one-hour increments. This is the first hour of a live broadcast that took place on March the 8th, 2022. It is Tuesday. So I talked to him on Monday night. And uh, the earliest you guys are going to hear that, if you're listening on terrestrial radio, uh, is going to be uh, in, uh, well, in one more day. It'll be uh, on uh, the 9th. So uh wanted to make sure you're aware of the conversation. But here's the thing. I had an issue with my recording software. So I missed an important chunk of the conversation. Important for you. But uh, what is there is still uh, more than worthwhile. I want to make sure that it's included. And so uh, it's divided into two sections. And I will, at the end of the first section, uh, give you some uh, information about what was being discussed in the Interim, and uh, then we will pick up the conversation with where my recording software started working again. Uh, it's very frustrated, very frustrated. In fact, the second part, uh, it took me forever to even find the audio file. I get, I had to pull out all the tricks and stops to find out where the auto save at Witten's uh, hid everything. It was just, I'm, I'm still trying to work out the kinks of some of this new software, and I tell you what, it's just, uh, Anyway, as I was saying, uh, we have that conversation with Larry Clayman, Esquire. He, of course, is the founder and former chairman of Judicial Watch. He's the current chairman of Freedom Watch. And uh, he was the author of, well, he is the author, I should say, of It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry. And now his brand new book, It Takes a Counter-Revolution, Wake up, America. And the message there is more akin to what needs to happen. It's not just moving away from our mainstream legacy media now and uh, knowing more about what's going on in Kim Kardashian's life than what's going on with Kamala Harris. You need to know how ridiculous it is because uh, Ukraine is a country in Europe. Uh Dude, ask her to put that in layman's terms, not layman for a third grader terms. It's, anyway. All right, so here's the big news of today. Like I said, at uh, time of the live broadcast, it's March 8th. Uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., a.k.a. barely there, Beijing Biden, came out today and made the major announcement that we just knew he was itching to make. He... Ended the export, well, actually, in this case, the import to us of all Russian fuel. 
This is going to have a major consequence. This is going to this is going to cost us even more. It's going to hurt. But I'm going to do everything I can to reduce the pain on the American citizen. I'm going to go bovine excrement on that, Joe. Because first and foremost, despite your best efforts to deny and deflect, you set us down a path of pain and suffering the instant you took office, the instant you started signing executive orders, the instant you took us from being energy independent, from us being a energy net exporter to someone that, again, was heavily reliant on foreign energy. And don't give us that global warming, we want to be good stewards of the earth, bovine excrement either. Because we know that Russian oil, it burns dirtier. American energy, whether you're talking about our oil, whether you're talking about our natural gas, whatever, we use techniques that make it cleaner. We use emission standards that make it cleaner and healthier on the environment. We have rules and regulations in place for acquiring this energy that must be followed to the letter that is kinder to the environment than any number of windmills or solar farms will ever be, let alone whatever's being done in Russia and other places around the world. Oh, let's say Venezuela. How's this? Joe Biden has went hat in hand begging the Saudis to increase their oil production yet again, thinking that now because of Russia that'll happen. But that's not all. No, 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 that's not all. He has also started begging Iran, one of our enemies, one of the people that is trying to get nuclear weapons, one of the people that Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama helped to guarantee with the uh, former Iranian deal help guarantee that they would, in fact, have nuclear weapons. And I love how they keep lying to everybody about how this is really intended to stop them from getting a nuclear weapon. We're working to prevent it. How? By guaranteeing that they will. How does that work to prevent it? Please, somebody explain that to me. And leave out your crazy leftist logic and just tell me some facts and how that would work. The same Iranian government that right now... The Biden administration is using the Russians to help us negotiate with us. The same Russians that are publicly going around bragging about how Iran is besting us at every point in the negotiation. So, yeah, we're trying to help them, but uh, they want to give them more than uh, we would have ever imagined. Uh, and, and they're openly laughing. Why are we using them to help us in the first place? And why are we going to Iran, uh, clearly a Russian proxy in the Middle East? Oh, but wait, there's more. There's lots and lots more. The new big push was supposed to be quiet, supposed to be on the DL. It broke. It, well, I think it actually broke yesterday, but uh, more people were talking about it today. Uh, it appears as though uh, the Biden administration has reached out to Moderna. Moderno, you know, the guy who's making the people of Venezuela miserable by virtue of, well, if you had a pet, there's dinner. If you were close to the zoo, good luck, happy hunting. I mean, he's not the guy who single-handedly destroyed Venezuela, but he's the guy that took over from the guy that single-handedly destroyed Venezuela. Oh, is there any way we could get uh, increased operations there? But here's the problem with Venezuelan oil. It's not any cleaner than Russian oil. But beyond that, 
the entire oil industry there has collapsed. Most of the professionals that worked in the oil industry there when it was relatively cheap and efficient, they had to leave the country. They had to run for their freaking lives. That was at the beginning of the nationalization of the oil industry for Venezuela. They have now an infrastructure that needs to be completely and totally overhauled before they could really start moving and refining anything. And according to early reports, that's the starting point. Uh, Maduro's like, okay, yeah, uh, I would be happy to help you out with that as long as you finance our complete and total uh, overhaul. And it's going to take us a while to get there. Oh, yeah. And by the way, don't tell me that the Biden State Department doesn't know this. But uh, Maduro, Venezuela, uh, Venezuela is also a strong Russian ally. So you might as well still just be buying gas from Russia at that point. Putin uses Venezuela as a base of operations for anything he has going on in Central America. Central, South America stuff going on. That's where their base of operations is set. And they're kind of friendly with China, too, to boot. But they are a, a close, staunch Russian ally. So if you're trying to punish Russia, you seem to be doing everything but. The only people you really seem to have targeted in your crosshairs, Joe, is the American people, the American public. This is the action. And I know instantly, here we go. They're going to say, dang it, Tim, stop bringing it up. But this is the Great Reset. And that's what this is. It's about trying to make us so accustomed to having such a lower standard of living and with our money being worthless that we have to jump on the, the Fed digital coin when they finally make that available. Which, by the way, Biden was supposed to sign an executive order for that, too, but it kind of got lost in the minutia after his ridiculous statements about oil here in the United States. I mean, I, make no mistake about it, the the executive order where he was ordering several departments of the government to begin the process of evaluating uh, the need for regulations and how that would be done in cryptocurrency markets. And possibly the development of a Federal Reserve digital coin as well for use here in the United States that would actually uh, have the same backing as the U.S. dollar, which... Thanks to Joe and your minions, because we know you're not the one actually calling the shots, but you're still the one who's signing the documents that makes it so. So you get the blame there, uh, Beijing. Sorry, handsy-peely, creepy Uncle Joe, but you're the front guy for the world's worst band. The ooh, we're leftists, we're going to save the world by destroying the world uh, group. Yeah, I, we've heard all their greatest hits. Since day one, you have ended energy independence. And to, to play off like, well, having ended the Keystone XL pipeline, uh, well, that wasn't an oil field, says Miss Jen Saki, Miss Circleback Saki, Miss Peppermint Patty, as I've heard some folks call her recently. Um, yeah, yeah, sure, it's not an oil field, but by, uh, Russian tankers are not oil fields either. But they're delivering energy to the United States that you're happy to use. 
So, you know, I'm just, I'm wondering. Well, no, they're not happy to use it anymore. Why? Because they got the green light from the American people. There are enough Americans that understand that if you're going to try to choke off a military machine that is fueled by a nation's energy economy, then you stop doing business with that energy. So everybody, bipartisan, is like, yes, we need to stop that. But here's the problem. They instantly decided to do this, but they refuse to start bumping up, ramping up, moving full speed ahead at getting our energy back in place, getting us back to being fully and completely net exporter of energy so that we can help our friends. Could you imagine if Donald Trump would had one re-election, if Donald Trump had been sworn into office for a second term, if Donald Trump had still been president, uh, period, uh, there would have been no Russian invasion of Ukraine in the first place. But the reason there wouldn't have been a, a Russian invasion of the Ukraine is because by this point in time, part of the calculus that would have been uh, Putin's uh, strategy would have been clearly looking at the fact that well, while I may have a significant portion of the European energy market right now, all it would take is me doing this and a couple of European countries to say no more, and uh, the United States would be in a p perfect position to, to swoop up that business. I dare say that right now India would not be so in the bag for Russia. I don't believe the Indian government or the Indian people have a great deal of sympathy or trust for Vladimir Putin. But right now, they are more dependent on Russian energy than the Germans were. Those very same Germans that were laughing at Donald Trump when he was making the speech about how they needed to reverse their policies for relying so heavily on Russian energy. But this is all rehashed stuff. What irritated me beyond all levels of irritation is that when he made this announcement today, again today being March the 8th on Tuesday, depending on when you're hearing this, now you know why I said today. While he made the announcement that he would be banning oil exports from Russia, he insisted, quote, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Really, Joe? How so? Name for me where you get from point A to point B, and it's still not just be a magical trip where no logic and no facts are involved. Show me how you get there. How does your math work? A little later in this little speech he gave, he blamed the rise of American gas prices solely on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm old enough to remember that gas prices were going steadily up well before Russia even started putting troops around Ukraine. Before they started uh, engaging in military exercises with Belarus. Before the idea, the notion that Vladimir might be just about ready to go in, well before any of that happened. In fact, started going up pretty much the first day he was signing executive orders. There was a significant jump in gas price futures as soon as he announced that he would be intervening and ending the Keystone XL pipeline. Which also kind of flies in the face of... Uh, 
Miss Circleback Saki's uh, argument about how long it takes for good news to affect the price of oil in the markets. Because guess what? All you have to do is talk about some of these things, and the futures start changing, which there in turn means the price you're paying at the pump starts changing almost immediately. It's a phenomenon that we've seen many, many times. But for for Biden to sit there and say that the invasion of Ukraine is the sole reason gas prices are going up again, bold lie, and he's hoping that you're either so short-term memory that you're not going to remember what was happening just a couple of weeks ago, or he still believes that you, dear fellow American, are so stupid that you're just going to take his word for it rather than call him out for it. Now, I know most of the people that listen to this broadcast are all on board. You understand. You know exactly what's happening. But if you happen to be somebody that leans just a little bit to the left, then please, by all means, just go do your homework. For the love of all that's holy in heaven, do not take my word for it that Russian energy is so much more detrimental to the environment. If you consider yourself to be green right now, you should be hoping that everybody goes to nuclear power and that in that vacuum and that in-between time until it can happen, that everyone's buying American energy because of how much cleaner all of the process is. American oil provides more energy than what the Russian oil does, and it does so at a much better impact on the environment. Now, granted, it's not perfect as far as your environmental concerns, but it still, number one, beats the crap out of windmills and solar when you look at the damage to the environment done to even get a tenth of the energy that most people would need from it. Just pause for dramatic effect. Let that sink in. But beyond that, the dangers of trying to push yourself into a form of energy that is not ready yet Right now, solar, right now, wind, right now, geothermal, all of these things are great energy sources when we learn how to efficiently harness them. And you know what's been the biggest driver towards improving the technology from where it was in the 60s and then 70s up until today? The oil industry. Because cheap, abundant energy allows nations to acquire wealth, enough wealth to do research, to develop these products, to make them better. If you truly are green, you should want American energy to be at the forefront for the entire world and understand that it's through the wealth that will come generated from that oil economy that will help us to make the breakthroughs to get to more green energies. And there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't be building nuclear right freaking now. But to sit here and make this uh, just one blatant lie after another, uh, quoting Biden again here, the decision today is not without cost here at home. Putin's war is already hurting American families at the gas pump. Since Putin began his military buildup on Ukraine's border, just since then, the price at the gas pump in America went up 75 cents. And with this action, it's going to go up further. Yes, it went up 75 cents from where, Joe? How much higher before that 75 cents increase was it compared to the gas prices under your predecessor? 
your immediate predecessor. You know, that guy you don't like to call out by name. You know, the, 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 the climate arsonist, uh, yeah, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies. Yeah, uh, the orange man who was bad, that guy. How much more do gas prices at the pump cost us now compared to when he was still in office, especially before the election? He says, I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hikes here at home. Wrong. If that was true, you would have started uh, contacting our uh, oil companies here, and you would have started doing everything you could to encourage them to ramp up. Ramp up production. Ramp up refinery. Let's start drilling everywhere we can drill. Let's reopen up the leases and locations where we know that there's oil available. Let's get back to fracking. Let's start doing because there's this strange idea, this strange notion on the left that fracking somehow is a terrible, horrible thing. And there are so many things that have been so ridiculously exaggerated about the what's occurred as a result that people are told a, a story that's maybe a quarter true, and they run with it like this is the most terrible thing that's ever happened. We must put an end to it. Now, there may very well be some places where fracking should not occur. But fracking was a tremendous breakthrough in our technology and in making uh, the so-called fossil fuels so much cleaner and so much more efficient. Now, we still need to rely on these energy companies to maintain their proper protocols for safety and cleanliness and environmental concerns. Yes, absolutely. But this is the answer. Not asking our enemies to please, sir, may we have some more. When we should be the one dictating on the world stage how much energy costs because we are the Saudi Arabia of natural gas. Because we have enough oil and anwar to build up a uh, ridiculous stockpile. But no, Biden's idea here to try and uh, ease pain at the pump is to release more of the strategic the strategic supply, uh, stuff that we put aside in case we did have to go to war and our oil was cut off, our energy was cut off from the rest of the world. So we would have enough to, at the very least, be able to fill up our war machine, if nothing else, which is what that strategic oil reserve is for primarily. It's not just for the military. But that is the primary focal point. That is the priority. And at a time where one slip-up in Ukraine, as Russia continues their movement, one slip-up there ends up with a bomb landing in Poland or a bomb landing in Estonia because somebody really screwed up. And then we are at the, the first stages of World War III right then. NATO will respond. They have no option but to respond. Do you think Poland's going to sit back and say, yeah, we, we're pretty sure that was an accident, so we're going to let it slide? Do you really think that's going to happen? Poland remembers what it was like under the former Soviet Union. They're not going to take any chances. And you may think that uh, Putin is completely off his rocker. You may be convinced of that completely and totally. I'm going to tell you, I don't think he is. In his mind, he's a Russian patriot fighting for the nationalist ideology of Russia and pushing back against the globalist socialist ideology. Now, that doesn't make him a good guy, and it certainly doesn't make him the good guy in this scenario. It just means he's not the only bad guy. 
And right now, Joe Biden is walking the United States of America right smack dab into the wall that is the worst possible scenario for us. This could be the collapse of the final collapse of our great republic. This could be the straw that breaks our back. This should be where we step up and possibly talk about doing the things that my guest, Larry Clayman, was talking about. Larry Clayman Esquire. I mean, he literally had the gall to say, I'm going to do everything I can to minimize Putin's price hike here at home. In coordination with our partners, we have already announced we are releasing 60 million barrels of oil from our joint oil reserves. Drop in the bucket. Half of that, 30 million, is coming from the United States. And we're taking steps to ensure the reliable supply of global energy. Those steps are his negotiations with Iran and Venezuela. Of which, guess what? A percentage of those dollars, whatever gets spent, uh, nations that have declared themselves to be enemies of the United States, a portion of those dollars will go back to Russia anyway, so you might as well just still be buying from Russia. You're not punishing them. You're emboldening and strengthening them, just not as quickly as buying direct would. Also going to keep working with every tool at our disposal to protest American families and to protect. He said, it said here disposal to protest, but I think he meant protect. Uh, American families and businesses. I'm going to call bovine excrement again. Joe, if that's what you were going to do, we would be hearing drill, baby, drill from every place where you could possibly find a little bit of oil, a little bit of natural gas, where fracking might be happening. He warned America that oil and gas companies, yes, warned American oil and gas companies, and here's the part that really stuck in my crawl. And should you too? Let me say this to the oil and gas companies and to the finance firms that back them. We understand Putin's war against the people of Ukraine is causing prices to rise. We get that. That's self-evident. But, but, but that's no excuse to exercise excessive price increases or padding profits, or any kind of effort to exploit the situation, or American consumers exploit them. Russia's aggression is costing us all, and it's no time for profiteering or price gouging. Price gouging. The same excuse that they were using just a few months ago, again, before there was a Russian buildup around Ukraine, when we were talking about the finally getting the admission from the Biden administration, Biden administration. See how angry I am? I mean, I get tongue tied from time to time, but rarely that badly. Finally getting the truth from the Biden administration that, in fact, uh, the uh, inflationary uh, activity in the monetary action of our country, we, we're no longer believing that it's going to be transitory. But that's a result of profiteering and price gouging. American companies are just trying to take advantage because my policies certainly couldn't be to blame, could they? Not going into a midterm election cycle. No. Couldn't be. He continued, quote, I want to be clear about what we'll not tolerate. 
But I also want to acknowledge those firms in oil and gas industries that are pulling out of Russia and joining other businesses that are leading by example. This is the time when we have to do our part and make sure that we're not taking advantage. Then he made his claim about holding back domestic energy production. Uh, Quoting here, look, let me be clear about two other points. First, it's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Even amid the pandemic, companies in the United States pumped more oil during my first year in office than they did during my predecessor's first year. Yes, because it took some time for Trump's policies to get American energy companies up and going and operational. They had to do exploratory drilling. They had to find where the oil and gas was. And then, and only then, after making sure that all the leases were done properly and all the regulatory uh, hoops were jumped through, that then they could start start pumping. That's why it was the last two years of Trump's administration that we were energy independent, that we were a net exporter. And yes, that first year, yeah, maybe so, because even though you immediately attacked that level, it still took a while for those people who were still in the middle of uh, fulfilling their obligations and uh, taking advantage of their leases It took a while for them to be shut down by your administration. So do not pretend like that's something important. You're literally making the case against yourself for anybody who's capable of some critical thinking, who's willing to put the timeline in perspective and say, well, why would it take a year or so for somebody that wants to open up Anwar and increase drilling in our uh, Gulf Coast. Well, why might it take a year or so to really get going there? Could it be because he was having to fight back and undo handcuffed green energy globalist policies from Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama's administration? What would have continued had Hillary been installed? What you have immediately put back in place as soon as you Barely there, Beijing, handsy, feely, creepy Uncle Joe, Biden, exactly what you did in the first opening moments of having been sworn in, having been installed as the so-called commander-in-chief with no leadership whatsoever on your part? Yeah, your predecessor's first year. What about your predecessor's last year? What about how much you're pumping right now? Sorry, back to quoting. We're approaching record levels of oil and gas production in the United States, and we're on track to set a record for oil production next year. Really? How's that exactly, Joe? What are those numbers? Where are they coming from? Who's feeding them to you? I'm afraid I'm once again going to have to to call bovine excrement. And I'm going to have to say that you are indeed bat guano crazy because you expect somebody to hear you say that and believe you. You do not go from energy independent, net energy exporter, to dependent on foreign energy when you are establishing new records and highs of how much oil that you're producing, how much natural gas you're producing, how much you're refining. That, those two things do not go together. It is not possible. He continued, in the United States, 90% of onshore oil 
production takes place on land that isn't owned by the federal government. And of the remaining 10% that occurs on federal land, the oil and gas industry has millions of acres leased. They have 9,000 permits to drill now. They could be drilling right now. Yesterday, last week, last year, they have 9,000 to drill onshore that are already approved. Let me be clear. They are not using them for production now. Yes, let me be clear, Joe. Those leases for drilling are for exploratory purposes. If you think they're not producing because, well, there's uh, oil or natural gas there, we can make a ton of money right now. Uh, But you know what? Let's leave it there. Maybe it'll be more valuable in six months. You honestly believe that that's what's happening? Are you one of these people that just want to blindly follow this dim-witted, brain-dead, venal houseplant and believe him when he tells you that? Because if you're one of those folks, you're part of the problem, folks, and you need to just remove yourself from the equation, whether that's move out of the country or just stop voting or whatever it is that you need to do to stop impeding the progress of the return of the great American republic that happens to value law and order, that happens to value the rule of law, that happens to value independence, liberty, individual liberty for everyone, because that's what works best for everyone. You are not a victim defined by the color of your skin. You are not an oppressor defined by the color of your skin. You are an American who should be willing to put in effort to set yourself apart, to take that next level up. And this is a bunch of hogwash. Anybody, anybody who's even just been casually paying attention for the last six months knows how much bovine excrement this really is. And it's really, really angered me, as I'm sure you can tell. He literally said, these are the facts, which, yes, technically the things that he said are facts, but the way he presented them, not exactly painting an accurate picture. He said, we should be honest about these facts. So then, Joe, in that spirit, why don't you tell the truth about those facts, about how that is, in fact, your policies and your ever, ever present quest to reach out and become the greenest nation on the planet, despite the fact that what you're really trying to do is to send us back to the freaking Stone Age for our quality of life. We've had it too good for too long here in the United States, boys and girls, and Joe Biden's going to make sure that that comes to an end now. Since that moment, and even before that moment, we've been hearing uh, the constant barrage from people like Pete Buttigieg and Circle back Saki and, uh, of course, from Joe himself and from Kamala Harris. That, well, the move towards electric vehicles, uh, that's the real solution here. We need to stay focused on that. Except for the fact that that technology still isn't quite ready for prime time. Tesla's got the best electric vehicles out there at the moment as far as the tech is concerned. And Elon will still tell you that there's more work that needs to be done. But the biggest fundamental flaw right now with the electric vehicle issue is to get the lithium for the batteries, we got to go to China. I need to get Donald Trump saying China and put that in my sound effect uh, (laughs) roster. We got to go to China to get enough lithium. 
Because they control almost all of it everywhere around the world. They got plenty of their own, and now uh, in parts of Africa, uh, they practically own the countries where you can find lithium there, too. So they have almost cornered the market. And speaking of Elon, even Elon Musk came out and said, uh, we need to go ahead and, uh, well, he didn't use the phrase, but he might as well have, go ahead and drill, baby, drill. This is not a statement that works to his benefit as he's trying to sell everybody a Tesla. But even he recognizes the fact that the short-term need for American energy independence uh, is the only thing that will truly secure our our economy. It's the only thing that will truly protect the American people. The only thing that will truly lessen the pain on the American family whose budgets have already been shot to Hades because of these motions, actions, policies, uh, just brain-dead meanderings. I have offered up very little respect for you, Joe. After years, decades of watching you handle yourself in D.C., I've seen very little reason to offer any to you. But you have become downright dangerous. We do not have an administration currently in office. We have enemies of the state ensconced in the White House. This is not rhetoric. This is not a, a call to violence, which I'm sure somebody will say it is. But this is where we're at. We have enemies of our nation, people that are openly working to destroy our republic, currently in a position of authority. And regardless of how you think that occurred, the bottom line is that that's where they are. And we cannot survive another three years of Joe Biden. The world probably cannot survive another three years of Joe Biden, and it only gets worse after Joe. So you remove him from office, you get Kamala. You remove Kamala from office, then you get Nancy Pelosi. It keeps getting worse. How far down the list of people do we eventually have to impeach to get them out of the way so that we end up with an actual adult? How far do we have to go to get to Joe Manchin? Not that he's my favorite, but at least uh, as a Democrat, I'm sure he's probably still further in line than uh, just about everybody else because no Republican right now will be allowed. It's, it's mind-numbing, except for the fact that it's so angering today. I have nearly blown through this entire hour now. I haven't even taken the break, and I need to. Now, even the New York Times reported back in February... 22nd, that the Biden administration is indefinitely freezing decisions about new federal oil and gas drilling as part of a legal brawl with Republican-led states that could significantly impact Joe Biden's plans to tackle climate change. That's when he first took office. Biden suspended new federal oil and gas leases. But he wants to tell you, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. That wasn't me. That was the other guy. No, Joe, that was you. You did this. Now, is it 100% your fault that Vladimir Putin decided to invade Ukraine? No. Is it 50% your fault? No, because it's more than 50%, Joe. When you did the total, complete, bull, 
excrement uh, in Afghanistan, you signal to the entirety of the world that America ain't going to do jack. Go ahead, you bunch of third world tyrants, you beatniks, you authoritarians, you, you whoever, whatever, former KGB thugs, whatever your position may have been, if you're currently running a country of any size, just go do whatever you want to do because America's on vacation just like my brain. That should have been Joe's uh, campaign motto. If you elect me, America's leadership in the world will be on vacation just like my brain. Man. All right, I better go ahead and and do the uh, break. Yeah, you guys stay where you're at. I'll be right back after this, and we'll go ahead and try to sneak in that uh, discussion that I had uh, before it gets too late to fit it in. In days, many have expressed outrage over Soviet dictator Vladimir Putin's assault on Ukraine. Among Putin's biggest verbal detractors is regime leader Joe Biden. But so far, the only nation really to suffer the wrath of Biden is the United States. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page, from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. In 2019, candidate Joe Biden proclaimed, we're going to end fossil fuel, unquote. As soon as the Biden regime was installed, he did punish the U.S. economy and ended our energy independence by canceling the strategically important Keystone Pipeline and halted new oil and gas leasing on federal lands. Biden is willing to curb U.S. oil and gas production, but when faced with Russian aggression, he's leaving Russia's energy sector alone. Biden stated they specifically designed it to allow payments to continue. I am not surprised at this turn of events because Biden and all other leftist Democrats would rather harm you and I than be a threat to enemies like China, who may soon make the Russian situation seem like a calm day at the park. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. 
You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. My name's Joe Biden. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. And so we have to just change the culture and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Just when I came to the United States Senate 120 years ago, I promise you, the president has a big stick. I mean, he has made clear that, uh, 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 my name's Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. I keep forgetting I'm president. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that uh, break that uh, I just, I needed to take. I needed to calm down. I need to be able to switch gears. So here's what I'm going to do moving forward. I'm going to ask you once again to please listen to uh, our number two whenever you get the chance. I'm going to go ahead and play the first part of the interview uh, with Larry Clayman Esquire right now while I still have time to get it into the first hour. Then I'm going to lead off the second hour doing that, and I apologize for getting a little carried away, but dadgummit, guys. Dadgummit. It's, I don't know what else to say at this point. It is insane, insane that that's where we're at. I do want to ask everybody to please check out the show description and uh, check out the links that are there and i'm going to keep on till i don't have enough time to do this either here is part one of my conversation with larry clayman esquire all right ladies and gentlemen thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break and it is now of course time for tonight's guest to join us it's been a little while since he's been here with us but uh, i am more than honored and proud to have back with us once again uh mr larry clayman esquire He's, of course, the founder and former chairman of Judicial Watch. He is the current chairman of Freedom Watch. He's the author of the great book, It Takes a Revolution, Forget the Scandal Industry, and the brand new, recently released as of February of this year, It Takes a Counter-Revolution, Wake Up America. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, as I said, welcome Larry Clayman Esquire. Larry, first of all, uh, thank you so very much for spending part of your evening with us tonight, and welcome back to the show. No, my pleasure. Uh, thank you very much, and it's my honor. All right. Uh, you've been pretty vocal uh, about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, and I kind of wanted to, to start right about there. Uh, you, like a lot of uh, strong voices, have been talking for a while about how leadership counts and how leadership is important, and uh, I think we're probably in pretty uh, pretty strong agreement that we've not gotten any leadership whatsoever from Joe Biden, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, let's uh, kind of start looking at, uh, we'll look at Putin's uh, moves so far, and then we'll kind of look at Biden's. Uh, I wanted to, to get your impressions exactly of what has uh, transpired in the last few days, these escalations, uh, and what do you think may be the end game here? Because it, there doesn't seem to be anything uh, that realistically you could expect to win at this point. Well, first of all, 
you know, you've got a situation here where the situation, you know, became cancerous because <clears throat> we didn't do anything. We knew there was going to be an invasion. Biden and Harris and the rest of them, it was a CYA. They're going to invade. They're going to invade. Don't blame me. Okay, that was basically the, the message. And rather than arming the Ukrainians sufficiently, they sat around and twiddling their thumbs. And I'm being nice. I could use other language. Right. And and instead, you know, put on these sanctions. And let's look historically what happens with sanctions. First of all, they've never worked except in South Africa when the entire world shut South Africa off to get rid of apartheid. But let's go back to what happened before World War II. When the Japanese were invading nearly every country in Asia, the response of Franklin Roosevelt and others throughout the world, our allies, was to cut Japan off from oil. What did Japan do? They were brought to their knees economically. They, don't, they didn't have a natural source of oil in their country. They attacked Pearl Harbor, and that was the beginning of the world, world war in the Pacific. When you cut Putin off like this from the world and Russia, and he's already said, I, I view this as a declaration of war, you're creating a situation where, you know, desperate men may do desperate things. So my view was, is that rather than messing around, and I could use a word that begins with a D, but I won't, rather than messing around, you know, with that, you go in and you take care of business and you give the Ukrainians what they need to get the job done. And if necessary, we help them get it done and get it over with and get Russia out of there. And, you know, to me, you know, half measures actually are more are more dangerous. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're seeing the effects of that. We're seeing these continued escalations now. Uh, obviously, uh, the Russian military does not uh, have any qualms about targeting civilian targets. They don't have any qualms about breaking the ceasefire that they've just negotiated. In fact, it's almost uh, providing for new targets seems to be the purpose. Uh, while they're still reluctant to go in full bore for the urban warfare that they would expect, uh, they're trying to uh, cut off and, and uh, just kind of choke out, if you will, uh, the larger cities currently in Ukraine. And it's it, it really is a situation where we've heard uh, rhetoric. And uh, could it even be just saber rattling when we keep getting the threat of nuclear war? Or is it a case where maybe Putin would consider uh, lobbying a few tactical nukes? I mean, we know that's been part well, yeah. of Go ahead. Well, he said, if you, if you cut me off from the rest of the world, Russia, then I have nothing to lose. And the generals have said that, too. So I'm not saying be weak. I'm saying be stronger. When And, and this war is the result of Biden. Um, Putin was biding his time. He, he saw that we have a brain-dead president who's feeble, who can barely stand up unless they shoot steroids into him or God knows what they put in him to get him to talk for 20 minutes. But even then, it doesn't come out intelligible. And they saw what happened in Afghanistan. They said, now's the time to move. And if we want to reconstitute the Soviet Union, now's the time to do it. But there's another scary aspect of this, Tim. And, that, and I go around, you know, on a daily basis, just talking to people, seeing their reaction. You know, except for, you know, activists and, and people who, you know, do care. I don't think the American people understand what's going on right now. They're asleep at the switch. They don't want to be bothered. They want to party on. They want to play tennis. They want to play golf. They want to be retired. It's the same thing with our situation domestically, and that's what I wrote about in my book. You know, it takes a counter-revolution to wake up America, is that our country you know, has, has been destroyed almost in, in little over a year, 
and and people haven't really snapped out of it to understand what's going on. Now they're being forced to with the gas prices and the food prices and the inflation. But I still see that people are walking around in a daze and, and they don't know what really is happening. And most people don't even care. And, and this is really frightening. That's the most frightening thing, because we do need to wage a counter-revolution, and we do need to wake up, and we need to take our legal system back. It has not represented the interests of the American people. We have citizens' grand juries where we're indicting people. It's legal, and we're going to be trying them, Biden and his brother James and Hunter, for bribery from, from uh, Russia and China, not coincidentally. Fauci for lying to the American people about COVID-19 and then collaborating with the Chinese, where they created what is obviously a bioweapon, which was released either accidentally or by design, or considering, as we did in our Third Continental Congress, and I write about this in my book, declaring independence again. We need real leaders. We don't have leaders. And we need a new government, not a new nation. And I want to get that discussion going quick rather than later, because we don't have 40 years like Moses to find the promised land. And you know, we've got months here. Well, These you know, people don't represent us. You you're know. you're absolutely right. And you know, you were you were very blunt about that in the earlier book, It Takes a Revolution, where you were basically warning everybody away from the uh, whole industry of cable news and how scandal is uh, what's drawing people's attention. And and we've seen where the average American probably still has a better idea of what Kim Kardashian is doing today than what uh, Kamala Harris is. Uh, granted, not a, a great uh, schedule to be keeping up with when it comes to Kamala, but you're you're really laying out the fundamental works of uh, of. A philosophy here of reestablishing. You're calling for the reestablishment of the republic that we were handed by the framers of the Constitution, and that's something I think a lot of people could get behind if we could just wake them up like you're trying to do and get them to understand how this helps them better than just somebody handing them free stuff until they're in that trap and can't get out of it. Well, that's right. And you know, why did you have January 6th? First of all, it was you know overwhelmingly peaceful. The people saw just how corrupt all three branches of government have become. And the, the final blow, the straw that broke the camel's back, was to see that Trump's own Supreme Court justices wouldn't even give him a hearing on, on a valid case brought by the attorney general of Texas. They're part of the establishment. And it was Jefferson. And, you know, he's prominent in my first book. And in this book, it takes a counter-revolution. It's dedicated to him. Jefferson said federal judges and Supreme Court justices, unelected unaccountable to the people, there for life, would become despots and tyrants, causing us to shed the blood of patriots and tyrants yet again every 20 years or so, adding, what's a few thousand dead to refresh the tree of liberty? It's the natural manure of government. He didn't want to see anybody harmed. Neither do I. But we're getting into a situation now where there's going to be an explosion. You see what happened in Canada with, with the truckers. Now, you know, I, the truckers were supposed to be in Washington. I don't know where they are right now. But the American people are going to explode. And when you see $7 a gallon for gasoline, as you'll see in California, I mean, you can imagine what the reaction is going to be. And from the truckers as well, because they have to pay for that gas. Uh, but uh, the country's on its back. And then you have this brain dead individual who calls himself a president who is dishonest, who's taken bribes from communist China. Ukraine before the current government was put in existence with Zelensky and 
Russia, not coincidentally. He's bought and paid for. And then he and then he thinks he's a foreign policy expert. You know, he's got Anthony Blinken from Harvard. All right. Well, uh, that's where uh, the uh, software froze up. We'll continue that discussion in hour number two. So if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, tune in tomorrow. Meanwhile, all the usual stuff. And we'll get started just in a moment. I'm Ron Edwards, host of the Edwards Notebook, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. Breaking one of my cardinal rules, and I'm sliding the volume down before the end of the song because I really need to get into this. There's a lot of stuff that I'm just not going to get to today, mostly because I got so freaking fired up in the first hour of today's broadcast that I ran nearly 45 minutes, actually a little more than 45 minutes, on my rant about Joe Biden's announcement to end the import of Russian energy. And, uh, and uh, you know, then we're still not going to do anything about, uh, you know, ramping up American production. We're going to rely on the kindness of our sworn enemies. Yes, yes, uh, people like 
Iran and uh, people like Venezuela, the governments there, not the people of those nations, an important thing. Have to make those distinctions. Well, it unfortunately put me in a position where I didn't get an opportunity to play for you the entirety of the conversation that took place between myself and uh, the author of It Takes a Revolution, and now his brand new book, It Takes a Counter-Revolution. Yes, I'm talking about Larry Clayman. Uh, we're talking about a gentleman who was a founder and the former chairman of the, of the organization that I'm sure most of you know, Judicial Watch. He's currently serving as the chairman of Freedom Watch. He's got these great books out there as well. And uh, this new one, it, it takes a counter-revolution, Wake Up America. I think it's going to be a read well worth it. Now, part of the reason that you're not going to be able to hear the entirety of that conversation that I had with uh, Larry uh, yesterday, excuse me, uh, yesterday, which at the time that I'm talking to you, uh, this, in fact, is a live broadcast on March the 8th. My conversation with Larry was on the 7th. Um, you're not going to get to hear all of it because my recording software did the heebie-jeebie and I lost a big section. Now, if you caught yesterday's broadcast, if you're listening on Terrestrial Radio, like on some of the great stations across the country, I don't know, maybe KYAH, 540 AM, Utah Stock Authority. I do like to mention them a lot because they were the first. Um, if you're listening there, then this is probably a couple of days on. So if you missed yesterday's broadcast, uh, go find the podcast and listen uh, at the very least towards the uh, last uh, 15 minutes or so of uh, the first hour. Uh, you'll get there. Uh, in the meanwhile, I am going to play the remainder of the conversation that I was able to salvage. English really is my first language, I swear. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, I was able to to salvage uh, of the remaining part of the conversation, but I need to set the stage. So I'm going to go ahead and start with that, and then we'll move on. And there's several other topics. I'm going to try to hit as many as I can, and uh, we will take the mid-hour break at, mm, about whatever time I can fit it in. Uh, may not do the usual hard sell read that I normally do, but I will remind you that links are there. So you know, check out the links in the show description. Uh, please copy those links in their entirety as they exist there, uh, paste them into your web browser, and, uh, you know, uh, that way, using that link in that format, they know I sent you. Uh, there'll be links to uh, My Patriot Supply. There'll be links to Blue Coolers. There'll be links to the pre-order page for A.J. Rice's new book upcoming release in July, The Woking Dead. I just hit myself in the mouth. <laughs> Somebody wants me to be quiet, and I think it's me. Uh, and, uh, of course, I'm going to have links to uh, Larry Clayman Esquire's books as well. I tried. Definitely will have the new book linked to Amazon. We'll try to actually put uh, the previous book as well, It Takes a Revolution. Uh, anyway, uh, with all that being said, let me go ahead and jump right into the remainder of that conversation we were just transitioning into talking about the events of January 6th. If you are listening to the podcast and you listened to our number one, presumably at this point, then you heard us first kind of mention it. Then we spent a little more time talking about it and the effort to try and uh, stop Trump from running again 
at all costs. And that's kind of where this conversation picks up. So uh, let's finish it up there. There's only about four minutes left of that conversation that I was able to save. And that literally put about six minutes of our conversation just lost into the ether forever. And I do regret that because it was... Uh, a good six minutes, and I hate that you guys aren't going to get to hear that, but uh, what we will do moving forward is make sure that, uh, I don't know, if if you guys would uh, be willing to, to take advantage of supporting the show uh, a little better, I could maybe hire somebody to, to help produce. <laughs> that would be good. Uh, I, I just... So many things that uh, I should not be doing that I'm trying to do with this show. All right, anyway, here is the uh, remainder of the conversation as we were discussing the events of January 6th and what took place from there. Uh, again, starting mid-sentence, and I once again apologize. So he's going to wind up getting indicted with Don Jr. and and um, and I reckon it, it may not be fair. It probably won't be fair. But before New York jury, that's going to tie him down for years. He won't be able to run for president even if he wanted to. And then last but not least is the fact that the Republicans are out there using everything to raise money. You see him going Fox TV, Fox uh, News, smiling, happy about what's going on because they think that's going to get them power. And then Kevin McCarthy, minority leader in the House, says, well, just – Put us back in power and we'll solve everything. They can't solve anything. Biden has a veto power. There's a uh, filibuster still in existence in the Senate. We can't survive another three years with these people in power. And as I said last time, you know, King George III was Mother Teresa compared to what's in control of our government now. King George III wasn't a socialist. He wasn't a communist. He wasn't an atheist. He wasn't a radical from these other groups. He simply wanted to overtax us to pay for the rest of his empire. These people went over taxes, plus they're, they're frankly evil, and then you got a Republican Party that is worthless. So that, that's where we are, you know, and that's why the American people need to rise up. There's no political messiah. We must do it for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I can't agree <laughs> with you more. Uh, it's, it's just – it should be as clear as the writing on the wall – I think for more and more Americans every day, we're getting closer to that recognition. I think that's why you have uh, protests like the trucker protests. Uh, I think that if if we had discussed uh, two years ago, just two years ago, if there would be such uh, protests like the trucker protest in Canada, uh, we probably would have been accused of being nuts, so even suggesting that it could happen. But then to take that next step and say, oh, by the way, uh, Justin Trudeau is basically going to declare himself emperor for as long as he feels comfortable thinking he can get away with it, uh, then everybody would have just uh, thought it was so ridiculous. But these are the times we're living in. Uh, we have uh, – Various forces at play in different parts of the world, and we currently have, as you put it, a complete and total utter lack of leadership. Uh, I, I want to thank you once again for coming on. As always, I greatly appreciate our conversations. You're you're so insightful and you're very precise in your uh, language, and I greatly appreciate your writing and all the other work you're doing. Uh, thank when, you, Tim. It's mutual. All right. Well, well, thank you. Uh, before we part company this evening, though, I want you to uh, have an opportunity to share all the pertinent information. Let everybody know where they can find the new book and uh, let them know where they can find your work and help support your work. If you uh, can donate over $100 or more, 
Uh, I'll send you both books for free. And you can go to freedomwatchusa.org, or you can get one of them, you know, with a contribution of $50. Or you can go to amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, booksamillion.com, go online and you can buy it too. But go to Freedom Watch first, see what we're doing, join our Justice League. Uh, it's time to get up off the couch, turn cable news off, and let's get to work and, and do what we can. But my book's a little different than Mark Levin. I, I bought Mark's book. You know, and and I thought it was good, but it didn't tell me anything I didn't already know. And, you know, mine is an action plan. It's it's the claim in manifesto, so to speak, you know, to restore freedom and liberty by actually doing things. Citizens grand juries, citizens trials, and uh, declaring independence and, and starting over again, which we have to do right now quickly before it's too late. I certainly agree. All right. Again, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, God bless. Keep up all the great work, and I hope we, can, hope we can get together again uh, really soon because it's been far too long since the last time you were on with us. I look forward to it. Thank you for the opportunity to talk to your listeners. I really appreciate it. Thank right. you, Tim. Thank you. thank you. All right. So uh, that was the remainder of the conversation that I was able to, to salvage, and there is your invitation to check out uh, the site – known as uh, Freedom Watch, and, and I highly recommend it. That's freedomwatch.org. Uh, go visit, check them out. If you want to make those contributions, uh, you get a couple of books for free. Uh, if you just want the books and you don't want to make that kind of contribution, though, uh, I, there will be a link in the show description to Amazon uh, that you will be able to follow. If that link uh, isn't completely live, uh, well, you know the routine by now. If you're a regular listener, just copy the entire link uh, paste that into your web browser. It will take you to the correct Amazon page. Uh, and that's pretty much that. All right. So the whole point of the new book uh, with uh, Mr. Clayman Esquire is that uh, it's, it's no longer an option to sit back and wait. You know, he said it himself during the conversation. We did get that part of it. Uh, there are no political messiahs. No one is going to come and save us. We've got to do it ourselves. This is a sentiment that I've been sharing for a while, uh, that several of my on-air cohorts uh, that host their own shows, people like Annie and Ron and Dan and Don and and even Chief when he was still on the air, and I do hope at some point we'll occasionally get a, a bonus surprise broadcast from Chief because they were always great. I probably should invite him just to see if – if he can come on and spend some time with us some point, uh, it's kind of mean of me not to, I guess. I sh really should do that. Anyway, uh, what we really do need to, to talk about, though, is the fact that it's, it is time to get involved. Because we've set back and we've been waiting for somebody else to do it. And we've been in that position for so long. And then we finally got somebody who was an outsider that was a mover and shaker that wanted to change the dynamics of how DC worked, wanted to, to get things as far as the presidential office moving at the speed of business and uh, uh, legitimately uh, serving in a role where the needs of the people were being served. Uh, that, of course, came in the form of the orange man who was bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist. Yeah, that guy, uh, the ones they don't like to mention by name right now if they can help it. It's like they're afraid if they say his name three times, he'll show up like uh, Beetlejuice or Bloody Mary. or <laughs> And he certainly is their worst nightmare, so I get it. 
They're desperate, desperate to come up with any excuse whatsoever to prevent him from running again. And at this point, he's all but announced that he will be. But here we are. Complete, total lack of leadership. And leadership matters. We're being taken down the road not to serfdom, but to complete and utter decimation. Cloward and Piven would be so proud of Joe Biden. It's mind-numbing. But there are other things going on in the world today which uh, you need to know about. Again, today being uh, March the 8th, 2022, time of the live broadcast. So if you're hearing this on a delay, that's why it may sound a little dated but we uh, we got word that Joe Biden was also going to be signing an executive order about cryptocurrency. Make no mistake there, it's an effort to squash cryptos other than a potential U.S. Fed dollar coin. That's what they want to replace all the uh, all of the cryptos with. They want to control, tax, and eliminate. They don't even understand the idea of non-fungible tokens. They They don't... They don't really understand blockchain, period, and they certainly don't get the fact that the reason most people went to blockchain is because we didn't want to have to deal with centralized planning and a centralized government. Get your hands off of our stores of wealth. Oh, well, I'm justified to begin the search into how to regulate it and move in the direction of just making our own digital currency because Russia may be using crypto. We've got to shut them down, you know. What a lame excuse. Beyond that, we also have multiple media personalities continuing to misrepresent uh, the bill that has, I I believe, has actually become law now in Florida uh, involving uh, a little stricter, a little stricter regulation on what constitutes uh, sexual education. Uh, Of course, the left wants to call it the don't say gay bill. But the bottom line here is it's a law that basically is intended to make sure that children who have not yet gone through puberty are not being indoctrinated into an LGBTQ mindset. Oh, well, you see, that's very much hate that you're saying there, Tib. Is it? Is that hateful? Because if you think it is, you're wrong. Everything that I say in regards to LGBTQ community is from a place of actually caring about people, which is the opposite of what people that are leading the movements uh, actually are coming from. Because they're all about, you need to be this, and you need to be that, and you need to be loud, and you need to be proud, and you need to be above board, and you need to be in front of everybody, you need to stuff all this, uh, how you identify in front of everybody, and, and the most important thing about you is how you identify. Nope. The most important thing about you is your heart and your mind. Period. What are your priorities? Who do you love? And who you love is your business. doesn't have to be anybody else's other than the people you choose to share that with. It's not something to be paraded downtown with. It's something to be for you and your circle, whether that's family, friends, coworkers, however you decide to spend that. Well, we've already had the Biden administration threatening Texas over their efforts to start investigating uh, minors who are being uh, 
permitted to engage in sex change treatments as being child abuse. The Biden administration has been all, uh, no, no, that's terrible. We'll stop you. We have to protect these children. When in fact, that's what Texas is actually doing. They're actually protecting these children from abuse. Well, because of this so-called don't say gay bill, now the education department of the federal government is threatening Florida over, quote, their hateful school LGBTQ bill. Schools receiving federal funding must follow federal civil rights laws. Well, here's the great big nasty secret. Most of these organizations have become so accustomed to getting those big old block grants from the federal government. But what some states have discovered over the last few years, especially some conservative-run states, is they can do their business without using federal taxpayer dollars. In fact, if they're willing to stand up against the federal government and say, no thanks, we don't need the cash, we're actually going to stand up and do what's right, they'll find that a lot of people are willing to do more to help them to uh, be more efficient and have a larger operating budget. Now, naturally, most folks aren't going to be able to make up the entirety of what the federal government could offer as a single block grant, but on a county-by-county, system-by-system basis, several school systems might actually be better off than they would be with federal funding instead. Anyway, I digress. Here's the deal from the Education Department of the Biden administration. It appears that the Department of Education uh, has, in fact, threatened Florida over the state's parental notification bill. Uh, that happened today, again, time of the live broadcast being 3 8 uh, Warning that the schools receiving federal funds must follow federal civil rights law, uh, which I would actually say that uh, federal civil rights laws are not being violated here uh, if you look at the bill. I mean, this is no more anti-LGBTQ than uh, the Georgia voting protection uh, law is anti-people voting, Uh, although that's what we kept hearing it was. Anyway, quoting here, parents across the country are looking to national, state, and district leaders to support our nation's students, help them recover from the pandemic, and provide them with the academic and mental health support they need. This is, of course, from the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona said this in a statement on Tuesday afternoon, also saying, quote, Instead, leaders in Florida are prioritizing hateful bills that hurt some of the students most in need. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. Florida also became the first state to now come out and say, point blank, that students that are healthy, they shouldn't be masking up and they probably do not need a COVID-19 vaccine, which is, when you actually follow the science, completely true. It's interesting how uh, the science changes as Democratic office holders wants it to, but uh, some of us, you know, I'm not pointing out any names. Tim's one of them. Um, some of us were saying that all along, but I digress. He continued, The Department of Education has made clear that all schools receiving federal funding must follow federal civil rights law, including 
Title IX's protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. He continues saying, we stand with our LGBTQ plus students in Florida and across the country and urge Florida leaders to make sure all of their students are protected and supported. Now, this leads me to the question. Uh, it's a legitimate question, I think. But Miguel, Miguel, my friend, my my good public servant, and I'm sure with the best interest of all American children of school age. Uh, I'm sure you have their best interests in mind. Have you read the bill? Do you actually know what's in it? Because I'm willing to guess, based on what you're saying here, maybe not. Although I'm also willing to say that I'm pretty sure you have and that you're perfectly okay with lying about it. That does seem to be par for the course. Uh, he's a politician. What are you going to say? It's not just the Biden administration, although the Biden administration does excel at it. Wasn't just the Obama administration, wasn't just the Clinton administration. Uh, there were some lies told to us uh, by some of the folks in the Trump administration. There were some lies told to us from some of the folks in the W administration. Uh, there were even some lies told to us from some of the folks in the uh, Reagan administration some cases, those individuals were also being lied to. It wasn't just a case of them themselves willfully misleading us. But uh, I don't know. Should we give Miguel the benefit of the doubt here and just say, well, people have been saying this is a don't say gay bill, so obviously we need to, to signal that we're against it. Should we just give him the benefit of the doubt and think that maybe he really is standing up for people? I mean, I know, once again, I've got my my Pollyanna showing, and as angry as I was back in the first hour, for the majority of the first hour, it feels kind of silly even to throw that out there as a suggestion. But here we are. I mean, there's only two explanations here. One is he hasn't read the bill, so he doesn't know, just doesn't know, trusting somebody else's evaluation of it, and somebody else who probably hasn't read the bill either. Or he does know, and he's just lying. Lying, 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 trying to win votes for the midterms. Now, of course, the Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, uh, their press secretary, Christina Bushaw, I think. I apologize, Christina, if I'm butchering that. I, I think I may be. Anyway, Christina... Uh, talking to uh, folks over at the Daily Wire, said that she recommended Cordona read the bill before commenting on it. So, I mean, evidently her thoughts are right there with mine. Uh, based on what you're saying, it sounds like you don't know what's in it. The bill does not single out any sexual orientation or gender identity. It applies to all discussion of sex and gender in grades VPK3 um, VPK through 3. So I guess uh, I, I, I'm assuming that's a version of preschool, pre-kindergarten. I, I don't, I really don't know what the VPK is. But anyway, is as soon as you walk in the door through third grade, they're saying uh, we don't have these discussions because it's not age appropriate. 
It's not that we don't want you to know that there are gay people in the world. It's not that we don't want you to know that there are some people suffering with gender dysphoria. It's not that we don't want you to know that there's just some really wild and weird people that are doing wild and weird things, and they're happy about it. And you know what? As long as they're adults and they're reasonably respectful of other people, then you do you. But I tend to think that, you know, this is something that I'd be happy to see extended to fifth grade. By the time you're in sixth grade, you are starting to see those, uh, some of the kids start kicking in for puberty at that point. Uh, then there's a good time to start having those, uh, those discussions. Quoting here from the governor's spokeswoman, uh, quote, the idea that it's inappropriate to instruct seven-year-olds about sexual topics should not be controversial in the least. Children should never be sexualized. They are far too young to be learning about these topics in the school. If a young child has any questions about sexuality or gender, it's solely up to that child's parent or guardian how they want to answer those questions. This is not an LGBT uh, issue. And most Floridians, gay or straight, are fully in favor of child safeguards and parents' rights. Now, critics have most notably taken issue with uh, House Bill 1557 statement that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, meaning that even in the higher grades, uh, there should be age-appropriate methods for teaching. You don't need to be teaching how to put on a condom on a cucumber or how to stick a banana down your throat uh, if you're a sixth grader. Uh, I I don't see where that should be controversial either, but we have seen things like that occur in public school classrooms across this country. It's not a good thing. So expecting for school systems to behave within accordance of the state standards, I think is a pretty reasonable thing. Certainly not anti-LGBTQ. Now, students in kindergarten are typically five years old, while third graders generally are eight or nine years old. News outlets like CNN have been calling HB 1557 the Don't Say Gay Bill. And uh, critics of the legislation accuse Republicans of endangering LGBTQ youth by outing them to their parents or preventing them from learning about their sexuality. Now, as you can tell, I told you what's in the bill. It really is about age appropriateness and no sexual content taking place in kindergarten through third grade. That's not what they're saying here. Endangering LGBTQ youth. I'm sorry, in third grade, who's LGBTQ? I'm once again going to stand on this uh, little soapbox of mine, and I'm going to point out that until you've gone through puberty, you have no clue what your sexual identity is. And don't get me started on gender. But you have no idea what your sexual identity is. You don't know if you like the hard candy or the soft candy. All right, I hate to be crude about this, but sometimes you just need to be blunt. Let's be blunt. 
until you've gone through puberty, until you've had some experiences, you don't know if you prefer the hard candy or soft candy. Is is that user-friendly enough for the radio here that nobody's getting shocked or overly offended? It's it's mind-numbling. This is where we're at. So now, uh, like for other situations within the federal government, we have folks that are threatening, threatening the state of Florida, threatening the state of Texas, threatening all these places that are simply trying to protect children. That is their effort. That is their focus. That is what they are doing, trying to protect children. Well, we can't have that. We have to protect children by actually endangering and indoctrinating them. That's the goal, boys and girls. That's what they want. That's what they expect. That's the world we live in. All right, let's take that mid-hour break. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back on the other side of this, and we'll see how quickly I can get through these next few uh, topics. And there's more than one. We'll see if we get there. (laughs) Might help if I stop babbling. I'll be back right after this. You guys, please, stay right where you're at. I'm Ron Edwards, host of The Edwards Notebook. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. This year, just like every other year over the past 15 years, February came and went, and once again I had very little interest in Black History Month. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. This year, I took the time to figure out why I have blown off Black History Month in recent years. So I logically concluded that as it is now presented, Black History Month is quite detrimental because it no longer celebrates great historic achievements of individuals like Louis Latimer, who created the filament for Thomas Edison's light bulb, making it practical for long-term use, or others who achieved mightily and sought to become a part of the American fabric. But now Black History Month is nothing more than an extension of the 1619 Project that only focuses on blacks as victims of American society and is totally void of inspirational stories of real heroes whose lives could inspire today's young Americans to greatness rather than convince them that they cannot succeed. Hmm. I'm Ron Edwards. For Constitutional Grounds Coffee, the coffee you want in your cup, simply go to theronedwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Our Constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. Just a song before I go to whom it may concern It's easy to get burned 
right. We're also going to skip some of the usual aspects of the break because there are at least two more topics I want to get to, and I am already desperately running out of time, and I I could turn this into a three-hour show, but I'm pretty sure my wife would kill me. So <laughs> here's, here we go. We're going to go ahead and uh, uh, nail two of them. I do want to mention offhand this was going to be a full-blown topic if time had allowed. Uh, it's something worth mentioning. We'll just make it a real quick hit. The U.N. has officially decided that in uh, any official documentation when they are referencing Ukraine and Russia, they are not allowed to use the words war or invasion. So what exactly are they supposed to call what's going on over there? Uh, and why does the U.N., uh, after apparently uh, being so very adamant against the invasion, still allowing Russia to use their veto power to make anything happen against them, uh, why would they not want the most accurate descriptions of the occurrence to be part of their official records? Just a little something to ponder just to wonder about. All right. Uh, if time allows, I also would very much like to talk about uh, about a different topic, but here is something that I came across, and I just, just flat out, I, I felt the need to touch on this, because this isn't exactly news to a lot of people, but it may be something you haven't really thought about much. According to a new survey that was released this week from a left-of-center poll, they found that the majority of Democrats would leave the United States if it was invaded like Ukraine has been. Uh, quoting from here, it says, As the world witnesses what is happening to Ukraine, Americans were asked what would they do if they were in the same position as Ukrainians are now, stay and fight or leave the country. According to Quinnipiac University, uh, they said that a majority, 55 percent, it's not a large majority, but still a majority, say that they would stay and fight, while 38 percent say that they would leave the country. Now, Republicans say 68 to 25 percent, and independents say 57 to 36 percent that they would stay and fight. While Democrats say that 52 to 40 percent uh, that they would leave the country. So 52 percent of Democrats are willing and ready to just hit the bricks if something bad happens. Oh, we, we, we need to find a safe space. Got to find a safe space. Now, the poll, of course, comes out after Russian President Vladimir Putin, who is still looking for moose and squirrel in Ukraine. Uh, launched a full-scale invasion into Ukraine last month and uh, has threatened to plunge the world into war and has sent energy prices skyrocketing. Although, let's be fair, uh, here in the States, they were skyrocketing already. This has just sped up the... Uh, sped up the rocketing. Another interesting finding from the poll was that while the majority of Democrats would leave America if invaded as Ukraine has been, Democrats support the U.S. military response against Putin more than any other political demographic. So, okay, why? Whenever Democrats are suddenly pro-war, that does, it should make you scratch your head. What's actually going on here? What is the reason for supporting U.S. troop involvement in such a situation? 
Anyway, Quinnipiac University asked respondents the following question. Quoting the question now, as you may know, the United States is a member of NATO, the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. Its collective defense treaty states that an attack on one NATO country is an attack on all NATO countries. If Russian President Vladimir Putin goes beyond Ukraine and attacks a NATO country, would you support or oppose a military response from the United States? Now, answering this question, 77% of independents said they would support U.S. military response. 82% of Republicans said they would support it. And, surprisingly enough, 88% of Democrats said that they also would support it, meaning that these in their political philosophy still believe that we should honor our word and our commitments when it comes to NATO. I find that to be a little heartening, uh, not a whole lot, considering some of the other issues at play. But, yeah, if you'd rather just take off, I'm not real sure where you're going. Do you think you're going to be a refugee in Canada? Or what if what if Justin Trudeau once again declares himself emperor of Canada again, and he decides to invade North Dakota and, I don't know, uh, some other North Territory state? Um, you know. You can pick whoever. What if he decides to do that? Are all the Democrats, well, 55% of the Democrats going to run to Mexico? I mean, seriously, dude, I, I don't see that happening. Anyway, there were some other key takeaways from the poll uh, that happens to include some of uh, these next few bullet points that I'll just read for you as they appear in the article. Uh, bullet point number one. At nearly the end of the week two, nearly the end of week two of Russian invasion of Ukraine, as moose and squirrel remain hidden, as the U.S. and its allies consider ratcheting up sanctions against Russia, Americans say at a click of 71 to 22 percent that they would support a ban on Russian oil, even if it meant higher gasoline prices in the United States. Uh, and I assure you that uh, barely there, Beijing Biden had seen this before making his announcement about ending Russian oil here in the States without ramping up U.S. production. As for the steps that Biden administration has taken so far to punish Russia for the invasion of Ukraine, uh, roughly 56 percent say that they are not tough enough while 30% say that they're about right, and a meager 3% say that way they're, they're just way too tough. You guys are being too hard on Russia. Third bullet point that's an important takeaway. Americans are divided on Joe Biden's handling of the response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, with 42% approving, 45% disapproving, and 13% not offering an opinion. This compares to a week ago when 39% approved and 47% disapproved. Uh, for all the job approvals, uh, <coughs> American, excuse me, as I was saying before my coughing fit, uh, for all his approval job. Okay, let's try that again, uh, hopefully without a third coughing fit. Uh, <laughs> for his overall job approval, Americans give Biden a negative He's at 38% approval, 51% uh, disapproval, with, uh, strangely, 11% just not offering an opinion. 
So here's here's the part that just it's not surprising, perhaps a little disappointing, because for all of the Democrats' efforts to hold up what's happening in Ukraine as being brave and heroic and, and it's inspiring and the whole nine, they're still not inspired enough to stand up and fight and protect this country in which they live in, that they believe has an obligation to protect all these other places around the world. Independents are, Republicans are, uh, non-Republican conservatives are. I can't speak to you, but I know myself that if it came to it, I would be yelling Wolverines from the, the, the hilltops and be shooting down, you know, Red Dawn, the original, not the crappy remake. Although, you know, I do... I am a fan of uh, some of the actors that were in the remake, but the remake just wasn't very good. I'm I'm sorry, guys. If you haven't seen it, by the way, a great 80s movie, lots of fun. Red Dawn, check it out, check it out. All right, so one more topic that I wanted to discuss, now that we've covered the fact that uh, those who want to spend us into oblivion wouldn't be willing to stand a post or pick up a weapon, not that that surprises any. But <clears throat> there is one more level that the Biden administration is once again failing us on. And this is one that you're not hearing a whole lot of coverage of, but you need to be. This needs to be made public. And the Biden administration needs to be held uh, answerable. There's nothing really accountable here, but answerable to while they're taking the tack that they are. There are, in fact, at least two Iranians in the Islamic Revolutionary Guard, uh, an elite Iranian military group, that is also a designated terrorist organization. There's at least two members that have allegedly been plotting to assassinate former Trump national security advisor John Bolton. That's according to a new report. Joe Biden's Department of Justice possesses indictable evidence against two Iranians. But the Biden administration officials are resisting publicly indicting the men for fear that it could derail their drive for a nuclear deal with Iran, which is, of course, currently nearing completion in negotiations in Vienna, Austria. It is possible, but unlikely, that there are sealed indictments against the men, but uh, the Department of Justice source uh, said that the seriousness of the conspiracy... And the evidence warranted public indictment without delay. Sealed indictments would be unusual and probably unnecessary in this case. Uh, of course, that's because they're usually used to prevent the target evading justice. This report that is out also said that the Iranian military was involved in significant reconnaissance activity in the alleged plot which, of course, involved an effort to recruit an assassin on U.S. soil. Now, if you'll remember, just about a month and a half ago, the Iranians were bragging that they were about to do something exactly like this. Although I think their target was probably somebody a little closer to Donald Trump. don't believe they could actually get to Trump. But uh, John Bolton, oh, I seems an odd target considering how little Bolton 
uh, seems to like tr Donald Trump at this point. Regardless, the report also said that uh, similar threats have been made against former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. That makes sense. And other Trump officials who worked on Iran. The report also said that threats against Bolton and uh, Pompeo are continuing, specific, and highly credible. So uh, here we go. Biden's DOJ is claiming that uh, a statement that they gave to the examiner that it would be categorically false to claim that these kinds of policy considerations would drive such a charging decision. Okay, then why aren't you doing it? Why are we not publicly charging these Iranian operatives? If it's not because you're trying to make this deal happen, if it's not because you're negotiating with them for oil and, and Russia's negotiating on our behalf and they're uh, taking every opportunity to bend us over and spread our cheeks apart here, uh, if that's not what's happening, then please, for the love of Pete, explain to me why you're not charging these folks. According to a 2017 Politico report, they allege that Democrat President Barack Hussein al-Akbar Obama ended a major federal law enforcement operation that targeted Iranian-sponsored terrorist group Hezbollah. Why? Because he wanted to secure the nuclear deal with Iran in the first place. So, gee, kind of looks like maybe that does drive charging decisions. The operation, named Project Cassandra, launched in 2008 after the uh, DEA had gathered a substantial amount of evidence that Hezbollah had grown from a military and political organization that operated solely in the Middle East into an international criminal enterprise that was earning approximately $1 billion a year from drugs and weapons trafficking, money laundering, and, of course, uh, a rather nondescript other criminal activities uh, that was in the Politico. So if we're to believe that this kind of behavior, their, their willingness to placate to Iran isn't making a difference here, then, again, what is? What is stopping us from publicly indicting two people who were not U.S. nationals who are obviously plotting and attempting to assassinate American citizens on American soil for the horrific, terrible crime of once upon a time uh, being in the same room with Donald John Trump. And that's really what it comes down to. I mean, Mike Pompeo uh, hasn't come out and publicly distanced himself uh, from uh, Trump the way some of these other folks have. Uh, John Bolton certainly has. John Bolton just the other day was all miffed. The mustache was out there talking about how uh, Trump didn't sanction the uh, Russian pipeline into Germany, although I'm pretty sure that did actually happen. But he was trying to say he shouldn't get any credit for it because he didn't want to do it initially. Well, shoot, if he didn't want to do it, that changes everything, except he did do it. If you do the right thing, I am far less concerned about your motivation about it. Uh, although, if you're someone that I'm highly suspicious of your activities, I may still want to keep an eye on you to see exactly what it is you're up to. 
that seems to be prudent. This is something that should happen automatically. This is not something that should be entering into the public domain. And because we know that Barack Obama was willing to do the same thing, we're going to turn a blind eye to all the illegal stuff internationally that Hezbollah is doing just to, to negotiate with Iran because Hezbollah is an Iranian proxy, just like Iran is a Russian proxy. You do need to get a giant chalkboard and try to, to keep track of all these uh, all these different connections sometimes. Just understand, Hezbollah is a international terrorist organization that is now involved in drug running, gun running, uh, freaking human trafficking, and still plenty of terrorism around the world, especially directed at either Israel or U.S. interest. And they don't care who's in the White House. They've got the green light to go. And Iran is giving them that green light because Russia hasn't told Iran don't. Iran still is under the type of leadership where they honestly believe they're, they're 13ers, as I've heard some people call them. They believe in the 13th Imam. They're waiting. They believe that in order to hasten the return of the 13th Imam, they're going to have to destroy Israel, and they're going to have to destroy the United States. And they, they see that as their solemn religious duty. I mean, these are not people that think like you and I do. These are people that are obsessive, that are maybe a little less than totally stable, but have been led to believe that it is their duty to Allah to make this happen. So when that's the folks you're dealing with, maybe they're just not the best folks to be dealing with. How about we do not enable the uh, self-acknowledged uh, self suicidal <laughs> freaking totalitarian government uh, in a sworn enemy's nation. I mean, how, how about we don't do that? I mean, that seems pretty simple, right? Uh, that's all we're asking from Joe Biden now. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., right now, all we need from you is to stop being an idiot. Now, I know that's like asking the sky to stop being blue. I get it. But there is a simple solution where you get to stop being an idiot, and that is you just don't say anything or do anything in front of anyone. You know, you spend a lot of time in Delaware already. Just stay in Delaware. Shuffle around the house. You know, forget that you're president. Seems easy enough for you to do. I've got that clip that we play. Uh, <laughs> we've got multiple clips where you acknowledge you keep forgetting your president. Uh, so just forget it permanently. Just stop even showing up. Stop negotiating with sworn enemies of the United States. Stop trying to hurt the American people. Stop being an enemy of the state. That goes for every Democratic office holder who would support Biden's movements, who would put the green agenda above the American people, who would who currently believe that Biden's going down the wrong path because it's not suicidal enough moving towards the green agenda. Every person that fits in that description, if that's you, then you are an enemy of the state. You're an enemy of the American people. And I have yet to figure out exactly why it is you're so dead set on trying to destroy this nation. 
because as a Democratic office holder, you're here. You're living the dream. Do you honestly believe when your globalist overlords take over that you're still going to be one of the specials? I got news for you, folks. There's not a single person currently serving in Congress that's going to remain among the specials. You guys are those useful idiots we keep hearing about because you believe that when we make these changes, the world will be a better place for some of us. And you think you're going to be part of that special group of some. You're going to be living in Elysium. And here the rest of us are going to be just looking up, wondering, how did we get to Elysium? The answer is, you don't. Just, it's just so unbelievable. The answer is simple. It really, they want to keep telling you, oh, it's nuanced and it would take time and blah, blah, blah. Well, if it's going to take time to make it happen, shouldn't we already be doing it? The answer is a freaking bumper sticker for crying out loud, so it should be easy to remember. Try this on, Joe. Drill, baby, drill. That's it. Remove all the restrictions. Sign all the leases. There are... 9,000-plus leases that are waiting to be approved that you have since taking office just let linger. You don't want to sign. You've campaigned on stopping drilling in Anwar and stopping drilling in the Gulf, and you kept that promise on day one, and now you want to turn around and pretend like that's not what you've done? It's the all of these energy companies that just don't want to do it. Really? If you're somebody who believes that, well, then uh, send me a message uh, over at the Tap Into The Truth. Uh, well, I mean, you can do it on social media, too, but over at the Tap Into The Truth website, that's Tap Into The Truth, T-A-P-P, Into The Truth, all one word, dot com. Go send me a message, because if you really believe that, I've got some property you might be interested in. Just saying. All right, that's going to have to be it for now. Remember... Don't take my word for it. Please don't take my word for it. Go check every last bit of what I've told you tonight for yourself. Go check every bit of it. In fact, if you're a lefty and you're thinking that anything I've told you is wrong, I quadruple dog dare you. Go check it out. Yes, nuclear is the cleanest green energy that exists. Yes, it is. Go do the research and go to a credible source. Uh, that Russian oil is much, much dirtier than American energy. Uh, don't believe me? Go check it out. Uh, that uh, it is still more environmentally friendly to use American energy than it is to try to use Wind and solar, based on how we do it today. Uh, check all of those out. If you believe in the environment, if you believe in the earth, that you want what's best for that, the answers are literally the opposite of what you're being told. Go check it out. Don't take my word for any of it. Go do your own homework. Use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. Meanwhile, stay healthy if you can. Stay safe if at all possible. And, uh, you know, be smart out there, even if it goes against your nature. And as you continue to fill up uh, over $4, over $5 a gallon for the next few days, uh, just remember, chant along with me. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.